Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. So for this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different than we usually do. Um, I know a lot of you know Wendy and a lot of you don't. So this is not, we're not doing Wendy's funeral today. That's on Friday. But when this happens, we need to stop and we need to stare it in the face. When we talk about death, I heard one person say it this way. It's like staring into the sun. Nobody wants to do it. And so we don't. We just try to kind of move forward and ignore it. But um, there's no reason to do that because of what we know. Um, there's a few things that you don't do at church. Uh, you're not supposed to cuss. And, you know, because if I were to cuss right now, everyone would go, oh. And when we talk about Wendy, we're like, oh, you know, the tragic, the kind of, she was murdered. And that's the kind of thing you don't say in a church. But it doesn't make any sense. We know it's not right. We know it doesn't fit. There's something in our soul, like so many other things, when it's not right, we just know it. Um, but whether you knew Wendy or not, what we're going to talk about this morning is for all of us. So I actually went to college with Wendy. Um, it's fun to, to, to remember those times and talk with my friends about it. Um, the thing about Wendy is... Uh, she was not difficult to know at all. In fact, the way one of my friends said is that she would, like, jump into your lap. Well, in college, we had a different, we, we gave her a nickname. I actually told her about it because she would come up, she was a space invader. She would just come, like, right up here. And for those of you here at church, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, who is this person? She would just come, like, right up here, and, and I'd take a step back, and she'd come forward, and I'd take another step, and I'd basically I'd start moving around the room. But that's, I, at first I thought, oh, she likes me. And then I started doing it to everyone, including the girls and the old people and the, any, any child. She was just always there because that's who she was. And so when it came to branches, she, she came and she visited. And I went, oh, she's here. And so I was introducing friends. And then she kept coming. And the thing about Wendy is that she's kind of too big for one church. So... She was, you know, around different places, but she was here a lot. And I noticed afterwards how many people were close with her that I didn't know she was close with. Um, I didn't know how many kids here at Branches called her auntie. And I was like, wait, when did you guys hang out? But that's, that's who she was. And so it started, I got even a more clear picture of Wendy and who she was as a person in our community of faith. Um, we talk about her being a space invader, jumping in your lap, but it's because she was fearless. And so when she left, um, it leaves this, this huge hole. And we kind of don't know how to handle that sometimes. We, we, you know, people will, they'll say things because they just want to make everything better. Like, oh, she's in a better place and she's happy. And not that any of that's not true, but we say that because we think it makes us feel better. It's... It's like when we have, uh, you know, you have your pet ferret, and the, and your kids really want the pet ferret. And you're like, it's on a ranch, and and it's and it's a huge ranch, and the ferret gets the, but really you just gave the ferret away to somebody else, 
And so sometimes we talk about that better place that way. Like, well, we talk about it, but do we really believe it? Do we really know that there is a place that is our home? And so when we think about Windy Passes, I want us to mourn. You have to stare into the sun in this, and it hurts. The, the, the joy that she was, as C.S. Lewis would say, is the reason we have pain today. We're the ones in pain, and we need to face that. And I don't say we need to, like, oh, you need to go through it. You need it for your soul to experience this, not to ignore it, but we need to share in that suffering and share in it together. And if you don't know her very well, you don't have to feel guilty about it. Like, I don't really know her. That's going to happen as well. But when it comes to this morning, it's not just that you can, it's that you should. But as we look at this, and as we move forward this morning, and and I'm going to share some of this on Friday at her funeral, we are not mourning a defeat. There is a difference there. You mourn because she's not here. You mourn because there's a light that you don't get to share in during this time. But we're not mourning because of defeat. Because as we look at her, and as we look at life, and you look at your life, you need to celebrate a triumph. And I want, to, I want to share with you what I mean by that. Because you shouldn't be surprised that she's not here. You know what I mean? You guys, you shouldn't be surprised when you go. You shouldn't be surprised. You shouldn't be surprised when your children or your parents or your friends are no longer here because this is not our home. And we'll get into the depths of that, but too often we get caught up in what's happening around us, and we're so surrounded in it that we're surprised when somebody moves to where they're supposed to be. We weren't meant to be here forever. Death, as I've tried to share so many times, is not the end. It's the end of these bodies, as we know it. For sure it's the end of these bodies. But death is not the end. It's just an event. Now, I'm not going to raise balloons and go, no, celebrate! Because this is a time of mourning still. But I want to make sure that when we leave this morning, that you have a clear picture of who you are and what you were meant for. And not just you, but the people around us. Because sometimes we forget. So Sometimes we get so caught up here that we forget that we're foreigners here. That we're just traveling through. So, there's a verse I want you to look at with me. And this is the, the, the verse of mourning because I want to make sure that you have some guidance on how to mourn, whether it's with, you know, Wendy or whether there's someone else in your life and what it looks like to mourn. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. Because within our mourning, He does our praying in and for us. Making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. We all know that feeling, whether you're experiencing it now or you've experienced it before. When someone says, how are you doing? You don't even know what to say. You just uh, sigh or you, uh, you groan. And the Spirit will do the words for you in your prayer. And don't feel like, I don't have words. Yeah, sometimes you don't have words, and that's understandable. The Spirit will pray for you. 
But what I want us to really be reminded of this morning is where we're from and where we're meant to be. Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love, obviously, what I highlighted there, our citizenship in heaven. But, because at times like this, you need to be reminded, but, you can mourn, but remember, this is not where you're from. That word citizenship literally means your homeland. Our homeland, heaven, our homeland is next to the Father. That's when we're at home. When, we're, uh, when our soul is next to him is when we are home. And so what that means is, is that we are ambassadors. Like when my, my uh, friend from France, when he comes and he stays with us, he's representing his home. This is not his place to stay. And everything he does represents where he's from. For example, we went out to eat, and uh, I'm like, oh, do you want some, um, some French toast? <laughs> and he's like, whoa, whoa what, what is this? We do not have French toast. What is this? And he grabs a piece of bread, and he puts butter on it. He goes, this is French toast. He's trying to represent his, his homeland. He's like, don't call this French toast. And it, was, it was this restaurant that was filled with syrup. This dessert, like it was not. He was representing. Do you realize that you you don't represent what's happening here? You need to represent where you're from. Our citizenship is there, so we have a responsibility of representation of where our true home is. We represent our homeland. Hebrews, which is the, the probably the key passage I want us to look at this morning. Context, because Hebrews 11, if you don't know that, that chapter, it is awesome. In the first part of it, um, the writer says, look, do you understand that you have a cloud of witnesses surrounding you? They've lived and they've gone home. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance. The race that's set before us, this race that's set before us, life here, and keeping your eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of faith, Jesus. And then they go on to say, all of these people, this cloud of witnesses, they died still believing what God had promised them. But when they died, here on earth, since this isn't home, they didn't receive what was promised. They didn't expect it here. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance. And they welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners, and nomads here on earth. What does that mean to be, like, you, you see these cloud of witnesses, you think of these people that have gone before and you don't know them. Think of the people that we do know. Think of the people that are lights in this world. And to maybe help you understand this concept of being foreigners and strangers or nomads here on earth, think of, like, you, you've heard Moffat come and share today. And so when he comes... He's on a work trip. He's coming and he loves to be here and he sees the beauty around and, and he loves being here. Um, I mean, that dude loves in and out like no other. And he loves so many things about here, but he knows this isn't his home. And so when he's here, he's serving and he's prepping things, but he all has his mind somewhere else. He loves being here, 
also suffering for him as well because there's things he misses. Um, he can't understand why we're not into the English Premier League. Like, that's his thing. He's all about Liverpool. No one here cares about soccer. There's like two of you in this room that care. And so for him, there's things about home that he misses, and so he longs for home. But when he's here, he's here. And when he leaves, I miss him. But I don't mourn. Because I know this isn't where he's from. I didn't expect him to stay here. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. I miss Wendy. I didn't hang out with Wendy all the time, but when I saw her, I was just like this joy. I saw her on Friday night, like Good Friday, and I was just like, oh, of course she's here. And she's doing her rounds, talking to everybody right up in their face. But you know what? This isn't her home. She was on a work trip. She wrestled. She had, she had a brilliant life, but she also suffered. And in that suffering and in, and in some of the bad decisions she made and some of the bad decisions other people made, she grew. And as she grew closer to Christ, this was a strange place for her. She loved it, but it's not her home. And, and the thing about being here, it's much like, I and mean, we've all gone on trips before. We've all we've traveled somewhere, whether it's another city, another state, or maybe another country, or maybe you've lived in a different city or state or another country. And when you go to another place, sometimes you can get a little too cozy there. And sometimes it seems better than where you're from because it's something new and exciting. But you go through this you go through a process when you travel. And, and for us, I want to make sure that we think about this process and are we caught up somewhere in this process here on earth? Because it's not our home. We're traveling. We're nomads. We're foreigners. And I was trying to think of my experience and how I, how I went through this process. And so I thought of um, right out of college when I went to Scandinavia. And so when I went there, the first thing that happens when you're your home, you're kind of shocked by everything that's happening around you. And so I remember we, we were in Copenhagen. I was meeting some of my friends that were there that I went to college with, and they were um, meeting me there. And it was always discouraging being with these guys because they were the, uh, the Cathletes. So, yeah. So I'm standing next to all the Cathletes, and they're huge because they throw things and they run fast. They're built like this. And so, hey, guys, glad we're all here. And then we went to um, to Tivoli Terrace or something like that, or Tivoli something. And I'm looking around. Everybody's drinking beer. Now, when I say everybody, I mean 13-year-olds, hey, grandmas, woo. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is not normal. This is weird. Like, this is, it, it, I was shocked. And then the food was different. And they were trying to all get me to take, um, that stuff called the stuff you put between your cheek and gum. Copenhagen, yeah, and it was Copenhagen, in Copenhagen. So we're there, and they're they're giving this stuff to me, and and I'm like, really? I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. Take pictures, you know, back when you didn't have cell phones and you took pictures. And I'm putting it between, and I got so sick because <laughs> I don't know. Everything was like a shock there. So the, one of the first things that you experience is this like shock, but also there was just such. I was shocked by the beauty. Because remember, you've got to appreciate where you're at. There's beauty there. In fact, the reason I even went there, I went to see my friends, but 
but I was on my way to Norway because I met this uh, girl on a train and I could tell she wasn't from around here. Even though I was in a different country, she had like this weird looking sweater on with all these kind of things and uh, didn't wear makeup and her hair just flowing everywhere. And we'd just gotten out of Switzerland and I'm like, that place is beautiful. And I'm going on and on about how beautiful Switzerland is and she says, oh, that is not me. Really? You're going to throw down the Alps like that? I'm talking about all of the, the, um, the waterfalls. She goes, come to Norway. We'll show you beauty. That is by far Norway. The most beautiful country I've ever been to. She was an ambassador to her homeland. She was explaining it, and she was not lying. And so when I got there, there was just so much beauty there. The culture shock of all that beauty. Even though it wasn't home, there's something beautiful there. It was stunning. The fjords, which are basically the ocean coming all the way inland and these huge, and I was there in the summer, so it was nice, because I guess so many months out of the year, it's just white snow, which is boring, elements of it. Right, Gordon? My friend from Hawaii, he knows what I'm talking about. And so there was this this beauty there, but you know what? With all of that, in process, we kind of want to fit in a little bit. You're not of that place, but you start thinking it is your place. And so I was there long enough that I was on this farm and I'm milking the cows and I'm like, this is, this, I could live here. And so then I'm like, I want to get sweaters like yours. You ever done that? Where, you know, you're like, yeah, I want to look like you and act like you. And so then I, I go uh, to get uh, one of those sweaters that I don't have anymore, but like the sweater, like the girl on the train. And so I'm trying to dress like them and act like them. And the thing about it was, People started coming up and asking me for directions because I know somewhere in my heritage, either from Sweden or Norway, I'm from there. Because they'd come up and start talking to me because I look like I fit in. And so we start doing that. We can start doing that here on earth. We're like, yeah, we start forgetting this is not really our home. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And we need to remember that difference. Not get so caught up. And you know that this isn't It's a great place to visit, but it's not home. And no matter how hard I try, I will never be a native of Norway. I will never be a native of any of those places. And we'll never be a native here. This is not our home. And so just like when I was on that trip, I started longing for things back home. I mean, sure, they have the ocean, but where are the waves? Like, I just wanted to be able to jump into the water, and there was no way I was jumping in that water. I wanted to be able to just to ride a wave or to just to swim in it and the smells that I remembered from home. Have you ever talked to somebody about their home and they just start going on and on? I, mean, I think about my, my friend Gordon. Gordon was actually supposed to speak this morning. But with everything with Wendy, I said, hey, he actually made sure, you're talking. I'm not coming up. You need to do this. And as we talked, I mean, he and I went to college together. He talked about his home all the time. Oh, this spam. And this and that, and, da, da, da. and I'd been to Hawaii, but it wasn't like talking to someone who's from there. When they long for what's from there, you know what I longed for when I was traveling to Norway. And this happens around the world. A guy in Mongolia, I was meeting with him, and and they all long for the same thing as Americans: peanut butter. Like you don't think about it, you take it for granted, oh, peanut butter. But when you're somewhere else, no one has peanut butter. No one. It's an American weird thing. 
And so you find yourself talking to these foreigners when you're in their country, so they're really not the foreigner you are, and you're talking about this peanut butter, and they just think you're weird. And sometimes we sound that way when we're talking about our true home. Well, you're here. Why don't you just be all here? Here, but I'm just passing through. I'm a foreigner here. This is not my home, and I long for home. As I shared at Easter, like, when the Lord said, do you want to come home or do you want to stay here? Oh, I long for home. I cannot wait. And we're all like, oh, yeah. The thing about heaven is we say, oh, rest in peace. There's no resting in heaven. I mean, it's not this. The Bible, those that have been there and back are very clear. You're going to be working. You're going to be creating. There's going to be a government. There's going to be, there's going to be commerce. There's going to be. Who the heck wants to go and play, sit on a cloud forever? That is something we created. That is not our home. That's why when you think about it, you're like, oh, that sounds boring. That's not home. Home will not be boring. I mean, we know Wendy would dance here, but she's dancing there because that's what happens there. There's laughter. There's dancing. There's food like no other. That is what we long for. And the crazy thing is, though, I've had peanut butter before, but there's so much about heaven that I have not experienced because I was waiting for it. We are mourning. She is not. And so we need to mourn with each other for what we are missing. But she wasn't meant to be here, and neither were you. And sometimes we get so caught up and we forget that this is temporary, that this is all going to pass away. But death happens. And so Jesus was telling his disciples, I'm, I'm going. I am going to be crucified, and in three days I will rise again, and I will leave. Now, as much as I miss Wendy, as much as I miss so many people that are close in my life, there is nothing like having Jesus right next to you and him saying, hey, I'm going to go. And so they were troubled. They were, that's why Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. He's talking to his disciples. Now, that word troubled, it's, it means to, like, stir it up. It means to, to shake. So, like, when you think of water, and when you shake it, that's the word they would use for it. You cause a disturbance. So do not be disturbed. Do not, do not let your water be um, shaken up. My father's house has many rooms. He had to speak in ways we could understand. Like, what do you mean your house? What, what's a house like? Okay, there's rooms. I don't know if there's literal rooms. He's trying to speak in a language we understand. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Notice how he says, look, I'm not going to lie. Because some people say, you know, we're going to a better place. He's like, no, I'm not just saying that. Like when I got really sick, we had to tell our kids, no, our dog is literally on a farm now with property. And they're like, oh, yeah, right. We've heard this story before. I'm like, no, really. Just like Jesus said here, I'm telling you the truth. I know it sounds weird, but literally Ginger is with this family that has property. Jesus is trying to say, look, trust me. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So you don't need to be shaken or stirred up or unsettled. And as he's sharing that, Thomas is like, well, how do I get there? Like, this home you're talking about, I'm confused. Like, I want to be where you're at. I want to be home. And Jesus 
says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said, what? We don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through soul is meant to be eternal. And Jesus says, look, you'll get there. Because I am the way, the truth. Me. Well, this sermon isn't for that. But it's really not that hard. Look at Jesus. And as you draw closer to him, things start to become clearer and clearer, like they did for Wendy. Like they do for me. Like they do for so many of you. So do not be shaken. Do not be troubled. We are just passing through. But we have work to do here. We're ambassadors. We represent our home. About my, my friend from France. He, he wants us to go there so bad. He's always, I'm like, do you know how expensive it is? Not only to get that, I've been to your place. A Coke costs like $10. I don't even drink Coke, so if there's something I actually want, Cam, it's for, you don't understand. You, you need to come. That's really what evangelism is just telling people about where we're headed. Guys, you gotta know how beautiful heaven is. We want you there. There's a piece of heaven here, but this is nothing compared to home, and we want you to experience that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our gate to be with him forever in our true home where we belong. He gave us clear directions how to get there. are not enough, and so I want to paint them, but I want to draw your attention to them. So, this painting, um, I had all the description for this, I wouldn't mess it up, but somehow I didn't think they got away, so I'm going to have to go on memory. So this painting is from a, uh, this painting is from a, a Hungarian well, not Hungarian, but a Russian who lived in Canada. And so this man was a Polish man who had to commute 80 miles. I want to make sure you heard that clearly because I had to read it a few times to see I was seeing this clearly. 80 miles to work and back. So 40 miles one way, 40 miles back. And so here he is walking home. And when I saw this painting this week, it reminded me of Wendy and it reminded me of home. And for us, we look at around there and that's foreign to us. It looks barren, like a desert, because it's a prairie. And it's also a time where they've already done the harvesting. You see the piles to the right. And it's almost like the view is from a bird up high or from God's view. And this man, Piotr, who's going home. And you can see his home in the far right. But as he's commuting home, you see his shadows, you see the sun's beginning to set. But for the, the artist, this is Canada. This is his home, so he sees the beauty of the place. But he also knows that's not the destination of this man. And sometimes life here feels like this long journey, like, oh, this is horrible here. 
And I'm sure during this guy's walk at times it felt that way. I mean, it's 40 miles, right? But he knows where he's headed. He's done his work. And as part of work, you've got to commute. Sometimes it's part of your job. And he's heading home. So I want to make sure that this painting hopefully shares some words that I don't have. represents his home. He doesn't do it in his spare time. You don't represent your home. You're not an ambassador in his spare time. It's a full-time job. But he also knows where he belongs. And for those of you that are mourning with me and our friends about Wendy, you may also not even know him. And you may be mourning about something else, or you may be fearful of your own life. Like, well, I know I'm not here. And so you don't even want to think about death. And it comes up, I feel like it comes up too often because people say it helps, so I keep trying to bring it up. I don't like seeing articles about transplants because I always go, well, you know, there's this limited time. Like, no, we all have limited time. Sometimes seeing those articles is like staring into the sun for me, but it's just reality. It shouldn't shock me. We're all on that same journey. We're just, we're on our way somewhere. We if you drop down to his level, see, he has the benefit of knowing landmarks when he's getting there. We don't have those landmarks. It's just going to happen in the blink of an eye, and we're going to be home. But we're going somewhere, and we need to stare at it so that stuff here makes more sense. It makes more sense that things are so wrong in places here because it's not home. There's beauty here. There's the reflection of God's beauty that's here because he created it. But then, of course, things have gone wrong. And so we're here to be a light to our homes, to be ambassadors. And let's not hold back from telling people about home. We want them there with us. So I'm going to invite the worship team up to pray. Father God, we don't have words know it deep down we know this is not home and I know people here are in all different places of life so father we trust that you speak not only in our morning that you speak to us but that you would also speak to us truth and the truth that we need connect that truth with this longing within us we ask this in Jesus name Paul and I talked this week, and um, he's going to play a song right now. He's going to play it over us. And what I mean by that is it's not intended for you to sing along. I mean, we're not going to tell you you can't, but, um, you know, we chose it, so I'll let him share whatever he wants with that.
never ended and his presence never how it's supposed to be. His love is overwhelming. You can see it on each face. Have you ever seen suggest 
we also have a greater hope when we walk with Jesus. And Mia started out this morning reading Philippians 3. And if I can just read uh, a little bit of that scripture that she read. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and, stra and straining forward to press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Christ, as followers of Christ, we want to press on, and we've got him to take us by the hand and pull us and carry us and encourage us and be with us. And his book started this morning by talking about Wendy being a space invader. She did that. Every time you saw her, she was in your face, wanted to talk to you. I would encourage all of us to take a little bit of that and remember that as we greet one another, as we're with one another, that we become ambassadors for our heavenly home, for our second second home, that we could be a little bit more like Wendy and be as Christ would have us to be. Boog asked me to remind you that if you'd like to leave a card for Wendy or a memorial uh, prayer, you can put it back on the table with little candlelights on it, candlelights on it. Um, and also that the her funeral, I mean her memorial, will be at Mariner's Church, the big Mariner's Church, right off of 73 in Irvine on two, at 2 o'clock on Friday, this coming Friday. And you're all invited if, um, if you'd like to attend. Um, I'd also like to uh, pray for us right now as we go on our way and uh, with our dual citizenship card in our wallets. Father, we pause to thank you for this message this morning. We pause to thank you for, for Bug and for bringing us his, his word. Let us be mindful of Wendy and her family, uh, Wendy's family, Lord, that uh, you would provide them comfort and that you would know, that they would know of your love for them. Thank you for each one being here this morning. And Lord, I just pray for this afternoon that you would make it a glorious day.